Oh, uh, there was a there's a lot of good stuff that happened there. Um, I want to talk about first the the way the Lord had. I kind of used everything to happen. It was just it was His design. Um, I don't know if that's my ears ringing or this. That better. So, uh, you know, of course, as many of you know, we, we had four days before we were leaving, we both find out that we were no longer the fans watching the uh, A-team do their work, but then we put the jerseys on and had to go do it ourselves. So that was a moment where it was like, all right, this is not going to be easy, but then we decided, okay, God, you wanted us this to happen. This is all in your uh, will. This is all your plan. And so I'll be honest, I've been put in situations like this before. Well, not like, not like this, but situations before where I've had to do things that I felt were way over my head. So I thought, okay, I, I can do this. Well, we get there, and uh, all the things that were my strength just did not seem to work. <laughs> and so God's like, okay, you're strong at this. You know, this is something you feel comfortable with. We're going to let Josh do that. Okay, you're not strong, uh, Josh, you're not strong at this, you know, um, but you're weak at this. Okay, we're going to let Joe do this. So it was like God just switched everything. And I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? You know, I, I'm strong at this. You know, this is something I'm good at. You know, why won't you let me do that? You're only letting me do things that are, are my weaknesses. Uh, we, went, we went around in, in the prayer camp. Uh, man how God worked at that prayer camp was just amazing. Um, we had prayed and asked God to, you know, put a hedge around the place uh, so that it can be a, a safe zone where we can come and we can uh, pray and talk with God and, and he can talk with us and, and that we can really just fellowship with him. The free from the distractions of the world, free from the distractions um, of the devil, because uh, we knew that he'd be there. We know that he would want to fight us. It was just amazing how God uh, just, man, one thing after another kept us free uh, from harm, kept us free from, from basically everything, and just allowed it to be that safe zone. I remember uh, after Josh preached the first time, uh, the Lord said, okay, I'm going to change your sermon. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm preaching in the morning, God, that's not a lot of time to change my sermon. So I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to do what you want me to. I pulled my Bible out. I pulled my notebook out. I sat down. It's like, all right, God, let's, it's, you know, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And uh, God started giving me, you know, just thing after thing, like a thing like he's never done before. And it was just amazing. After a short time, like 30 minutes or so, I had three-page, you know, wonderful outline. And I'm like, God, thank you. And then I looked at it, and there was no verses. And I'm like, God, this isn't how I. This isn't how you preach. I'm supposed to have a verse, and then afterwards I find it. And God's like, okay. So I sat down and I started uh, looking, you know, looking through, you know, the Bible. And he gave me passage after passage after passage, and I mean, just everything just to me seems so backwards of how I would normally do it and how, you know, things are supposed to happen. And uh, it was just amazing. I got up there. I started preaching. Uh, I started going through the verses, uh, verse by verse. And the spirit was just, God was all over it. It was, 
amazing. I, I got one point I stopped, and I'm glad there was a translator because I stopped, and in my mind, I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, that is good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm the one preaching this. <laughs> and uh, Josh told me later, he's like, man, I can't believe how you had those passages go together. And I'm like, neither can I. <laughs> so it was, God worked amazingly. And then the next time I had to get up and preach, God did something similar, but this time he decided he wasn't going to give me the passage um, until that day. And so here it is that day. I've, I've got five kind of random thoughts uh, to me, random. And, you know, they're good thoughts, but my God, I, I don't know really what, you, what you're wanting to do here. Um, again, this is, you know, normally I just, I read the Bible and God gives me a message through the Bible. And, and that's how it normally happens. But he's, he's, he's working on my heart, telling me to trust him, trust him, trust him. I'm thinking, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I, I put my, my sermon aside. I get up. I, I go. I'm walking. I'm praying. I'm asking God to give me something. And I go and I sit down inside the, uh, the prayer room or prayer camp room where we're going to do the service. And I'm asking God to use me, to fill me. Um, I'm just a vessel. I, I want to be used by you, God. And uh, I'm, I'm just praying and talking to him. And next thing I know, in walks a couple of Ghanaians. And I'm thinking, oh no. <laughs> I look at the time and, oh yeah, it's time to preach. And I'm thinking, God, you haven't gave me anything yet. What am I going to preach? And so I'm thinking, this is just crazy. And, and I mean, I've heard the stories, you know, y'all said, you know, I guess it happens sometimes over there, but I'm not used to that. I'm, I'm used to, I got my sermon prepared. I'm going to, you know, get up and, and preach it. And God's like, no. I don't want your sermon. I'll, I'll give you what I want you to say. And so I'm thinking, okay. I, I, I'm looking, I'm looking. At this point, we're about ready to uh, do the, the service, to start the singing, and all I have is five sentences written down on a piece of paper. I have nothing. And I'm just like, oh, all right, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting you. I'm not going to fear, I'm trusting you. You want me to uh, preach to them. You have something you want for them more than I even do. Um, you've designed all this. And so right before we started up, God gave me a passage. And I'm thinking, yes, finally. I'm scared to death. I don't know what I'm preaching. So I look at the passage. It doesn't have anything to do with any of my notes. And I'm like, oh, man. So I, I prayed. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I, we, I did a song. I prayed again. And then when I got up to preach, you know, it was just, it was amazing the way that God just kind of used me and, and gave me thoughts and things up there. When I got done, Charles Osgood came up and was like, man, that was a great sermon. He's like, I, I, I was unbelievable. You were able to speak to every level of, uh, of, of the Christian in here. He's like, it was really good. And I'm thinking, yeah, I had no clue what I was preaching on until <laughs> the service started. But it was just to see God work in that way and, and when you're, uh, to feel him, you know, walk when you're walking with him. And, and I know we walk with him here and, and we pray and we do things, but it was just so different there. It was just God showing another side. And honestly, I was somewhat confused by a lot of the things he had done there, why he was doing the things the way he did it. It's, it's you know, go to college. There's a certain way you're supposed to, you know, do these things. They teach you in college. 
certain way you're supposed to, you know, uh, preach and do things. But God's just like, no, no, not, not this time. I remember Josh was preaching a sermon, and uh, God was working on my heart while he was preaching on it, and God gave me a passage, and he's like, you need to say that. I'm like, I don't need to say that. This isn't my sermon. I'm like, we don't do that here. And, uh, you know, they, he was talking about uh, Moses and, and praying, Moses' prayer life. And then uh, as he was talking about that, it, 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 Charles had got up, and Charles Osgood had preached another sermon about um, Nehemiah, and they were talking about how their two prayer lives paralleled. And uh, God gave me uh, something in, in um, Genesis chapter 3, uh, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, man, that's good, but maybe I'll preach it next time. And God kept telling me, you need to preach that, you need to preach that, you need to say something, you need to say something. And so when he got done with his message, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, kept working on me. I'm like, okay. And he was about ready to close it out. You know, he'd already prayed, and he was going to have someone else close out the entire service, made some announcements. And I'm like, hold on, Josh. I, I, I need to say something. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and so I got up, and, and I gave the uh, message, or gave the, you know, not message, but the, the scripture that he told me to, to uh, say. And, and I'll be honest. Oh, you, know, you remember, Josh, I, I sat down after that, and I'm thinking, what in the world did I just do? Why am I saying something during his sermon? This is nuts, you know? And I, honestly, the, the rest of the week, I, I wondered and wondered, did, did that even help anybody? Why, why, why? And by the end of the week, God kind of brought everything together during the testimony times, a man stood up and, and talked about how much that had helped him. Um, Josh was talking to me, and, and uh, we were talking with each other, and uh, when we were, he was said that, you know, something I thought was interesting. He's like, maybe God allowed that so no, uh, none of us would get too prideful and think, you know what, this is, this is, you know, look at this great job that I have done. And I started thinking of that, and, you know, it's true. There, there was no way I can stand up and say, look what I did. And God changed my message the night before. He changed my message the day of. It just was kind of awkward and weird to me. And there was a verse, um, Psalms 46.10, that was written down on the top of our uh, little songbook that Mike had wrote. And I had looked at this verse, and I thought, how can I use this verse? Where can I put this verse in? You know, because God gave this to Mike. I'm, I'm sure he wants, you know, wants it for a reason. He did it for a reason. Maybe I can make a message out of it. And God kept telling me the whole week, nah, nah, no, no. And then during the testimony time, uh, you've got two, two guys that are just going to watch things. You know, we're just, you know, going to help any way that we can. And God says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do things. Not because you are great, not because you are awesome, not because of anything about you, but because I am so great, because I am so awesome. I can use anybody. Uh, I can even use Josh, and if he can use Josh, you know he can use anybody. But uh, any guy that holds hands with somebody. But uh, it, it kind of worked on my, my heart, the different things that the Lord was doing there. And he worked with me on a lot of things. He worked with me on pride. Um, I remember 
thinking when Josh said he got his vac vaccination uh, for the yellow fever shot. Uh, I was thinking, hmm, I never got sick. Well, maybe I got a stronger body. And I'm thinking, why am I thinking these things? They're so prideful. That's, that's a dumb thing to think of. Well, God showed me, yeah, your body's not so strong. I'm going to make you sick the entire week. <laughs> and he worked with me and worked with me on pride. But we got back to that prayer camp where we had, the, uh, we had that testimony. And you had five pastors that stand up and talk about how God has used the messages in their lives and how many things they learned. You've got a veteran missionary in Charles Osgood that's been uh, on the field for uh, 13 years, I think. And he gets up there and it's like, man, God, God spoke to me on three different uh, things that I, I need to change and, and I need to, uh, to give to him. And I just sit there and think, wow. It's not because of my message. It's, it's not because anything I've done. It's because of him, because of God. God did every bit of that. He allowed every bit of it. And why did he do it? He did it for his glory, for his honor. We were created for fellowship with God. Uh, we were created to give him the honor, the glory, the praise. Um, and when I, when I was reading that uh, verse, Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. And after that testimony time, that, that verse just popped out in my head, and God said, that's for you. That's for you. You know, I don't need the strongest. I don't need the best. All I need is a willing vessel, a vessel that says, you know what, I'll do whatever you want, Lord. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great of a speaker you are. It doesn't matter how great of anything you are, and it's true. It doesn't matter in our life how, what talents we have, per se, because it's not about us. It's about him. And this whole week, we were able to sit there, and we talked, uh, what was it? What was that day? Saturday night. Saturday night, you know, the day before we came back. We sat and talked till three in the morning because honestly, it was the first time we had a chance to sit down and talk. We were busy, busy, busy. God gave us a crash course on evangelism. You know, you had a prayer meeting. Uh, you had a prayer meeting. You had um, the prayer the prayer camp. You had um, uh, someone in the in the church that had died, and we had to go and and take care of all those things. It was just thing after thing God gave us. The only thing He didn't give us is. Uh, a wedding and man, John tried to do that did he not <laughs> anybody uh, 30 and under he would uh, try to get them to marry him John our translator he's a funny guy but God God said you know what I don't need the best I don't need the best speaker the best anything all I need is a willing vessel and he said you know what if you'll just be still and let me do the work, then I will, be, I will be exalted. I'll be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted among the earth. And uh, there is nowhere I have ever seen him work on me before like he has worked on me there. And there's no way in the world either one of us could stand up and say any of that happened because it was us, because it was not. And I am so glad that God 
didn't let me do any of my strengths, uh, any of the things that I'm comfortable with. I'm so glad that, that God didn't let me do any of my messages that I had prepared. I'm so glad that, that he kept me from doing anything where I could stand up and say, look at what I have done. He just said, no, I'm not going to let you do that because I am going to be exalted. And I believe he was. I really do. It was an amazing, awesome experience to see God work. All right, so I'm going to try to be brief. Um, if, if you could, turn to Luke chapter 11. This trip, and, and Joe went over a good bit of, of the trip, and what he went through and a lot of it I went through as well. Um, I'll tell you what, I would like to have a quick word of prayer, and then I'll, I'll kind of share my side of it as well. Maybe. I probably won't talk too much about holding a man's hand. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I, I thank you so much for the opportunity to go to Ghana with, with Joe and, and Father, just to watch you work was, was amazing. Father, I pray that as I share some of that, Father, I pray that you would be glorified through that. I pray that what you've taught me through it, I pray that it would be a help to your people as well, dear Lord, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would accomplish what you would have to accomplish. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So this trip, <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Uh, four days before we were going to go, like he said, and, and watch Brother Mike do everything, um, it, it, it kind of got flipped over on us, and it was like, oh, oh. You know, so we got everything together, and in, in the back of my mind the whole time, this is, a, this is a prayer conference, so prayer camp, so several days of preaching. I don't know how many days it's going to be. Brother Mike didn't have everything all worked up yet, but I'm thinking, what am I going to preach? <laughs> what am I going to preach to people I don't know, a culture I don't fully understand, what their needs are, I have, I have no clue. And God's, you know, I'm still wanting to know, and God's like, well, I've got this, but I'm still going, but i got to preach something. So every day before that, I'm, I'm reading, I'm trying to find stuff on prayer and stuff, and God's just not giving me peace. Not at all. Not on one thing is he giving me peace on. Get on the plane, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's a long flight. I can, you know, maybe come up with a few sermons there. God gave me one line <laughs> on all those flights, and that's all he gave me, and uh, no idea what I'm going to preach or how. And as soon as we get there, Brother Mike has a saying, I think a lot of missionaries, that's a quaba. That means welcome, because when you get to Ghana, things happen that you've got to, you weren't planned for, you weren't ready for, and it's welcome to Ghana, because the battery won't start, the car's out of, out of fuel, you know, you've got all these things you've got to fix. So now we're getting ready for a prayer camp, we're also... I'll be honest with you, I've been there one time, and it was four days that I was in that area. So in my mind, I'm going, man, I hope I don't get Joe lost. <laughs> uh, but we're able to go out there, and, and then thing after thing after thing, just getting ready for the prayer camp and getting ready for a crusade. Again, going to a village that I've never been to, a crusade I've never even seen before. I don't, you know, there's a video to watch, but it's all um, not even in English, so I don't know what it's saying. Um, but going through all that, and you're just looking, you're going, okay, God, this has got to be you. Every, one of, every bit of this has got to be you. But in the meantime, I'm going, God, what am I going to preach? So we're trying to get all these things done, and there's really no time for me to sit down and study. And God's not told me what to preach. And I'll be honest with you, that's four days of prayer camp. And I'm preaching every single day, and that's four times. And I don't have one sermon. And I'm sitting here trying not to worry about it, but to be honest with you, I was worried about it. 
and we go through it the night before prayer camp. Uh, I was able to talk to John, the, the um, interpreter, and he, we were talking about prayer, and, and something was said, and God's like, there you go, that's what I want you to preach on. Good, hey, I've got something to preach on. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I wrote down a few thoughts, and that was it. The next day we get to where the prayer camp is, we set everything up. Um, actually, before that, God was bringing people to us who wanted to be saved. Uh, we were bringing all this stuff to the prayer camp. The car's loaded down. We're unloading. A guy out of nowhere comes up. Now he wants to make money. So he's unloading it and putting everything away. And God's like, speak to that man. So we witnessed to him and he gets saved. And you could see it on his face. He was hungry for truth. He was hungry for it. And then <laughs> over there, I, I've not seen it over here like I've seen it over there. You see they're worried. There's fear. Fear's a big presence there. And when you get through the plan of salvation where they get to the point and you can see it on their face every time when they understand it's not what I do. It's not my righteousness. It's what God did. It's a free gift. And you can see it on their face. It's just the worry and the burden just melts away. And then when they pray and they actually accept Christ, they're jumping up and down and they're excited because all that fear and that worry is gone. It's, just, it's amazing. So he gets saved. Shortly after that, there's a man walking. Somebody stops, hey, give him a ride. So we give this man a ride, and he seemed very cold. Uh, but through speaking to him, he, he knew some of the teachings of Jesus, but he just believed he was a prophet. Uh, but through speaking with him, you could just see the Holy Spirit had worked on him. He goes, you're telling me good news. <laughs> I said, yes, that is good news. That's a good way of putting it. And we go through it, and that man also gets saved. Well, on the day of the prayer camp where I'm, I'm going to preach for the first time, I still have very little to preach. I'm going, God, you got to give me something. I go up to the room that I'm in, and I'm trying to, you know, get everything typed out, get everything thought, and somebody knocks on the door, and I open the door. Yeah, we need to fix your door handle. Now, I wasn't even thinking. I was like, sure, you can fix the door handle. I wasn't thinking, hey, come back later. I'm busy, and as I sat down to go back to work, I'm thinking, man, I should have told him to come back, and I'm sitting here, and I'm working on it, and I'm trying to get everything done, but the, the men who are working on the door handle, they just wouldn't stop talking to me, so I was like, Okay, God, I see. <laughs> so they're like, hey, take a picture with us. I was like, okay, God, I understand. Witness to those two men, and they get saved. And it was God saying, stop worrying. That's exactly what that was. He goes, I've got a plan here, and you're here for a reason. And I found comfort in the fact that it wasn't that I was being lazy and not studying and not trying, but God just wasn't giving it to me. So I get up to preach that first night. I grab my, my tablet out, and I'm getting ready to, to, to preach. And the battery goes, boop. <laughs> So now the notes that I had, gone. Uh, and I'm like, I understand. <laughs> so get up and preach, and I, I'm being honest with you. And, and just like what Joe said, you, I'm reading through it, and I'm just going line by line through a chapter, and God's showing things to me. And what he brought to my mind in the middle of all that was 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. And it was like, okay, God, but I preach tomorrow, so you got to give me something tomorrow. And it was, it was kind of the same thing. By the time I get to preaching, the next time he gives me a thought, gave me a few lines. But again, it was evident that God was working. And again, that's, I'm telling you right now, I, I was worried about it. There was, some, there was some fear there. There was, But it was God who had said, I have a plan. I care more about this than you ever would, and I'm going to take care of it. And that goes on through the whole thing. Sunday before, actually, at church, I thought we were having one service. I preached the one message that I brought to church that Sunday, and they go, oh, yeah, we've got a second service. It's like, okay, God, you got to give me something. 
But the whole thing was like that. Um, going to the going to the crusade again, just planning to show in the video, giving a little bit of an invitation, move on. The video is a two-hour-long video. About an hour into it, shuts off. And I was like, I understand. So I go over there and I kneel down and try to play with the projector, which I know is not going to start working. And I go, God, you got to help me. And uh, again, he. I don't know how to explain it, but I know that God was working in that crusade as well. And over 50 people had, had trusted Christ. But God has a plan for everything, and he's going to do it, and he's going to do it his way. He's going to do it in a way that he gets the glory. Um, so there's two truths that God really worked on my heart during that time. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. But another one is in Luke chapter 11. <clears throat> uh, and, and we're all familiar with this story, but chapter, five, or chapter 11, verse 5. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And uh, verse 5 says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is uh, in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within will say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. What I think was one of the main things God was working on me was, we go to God and we think, we tell God what it is that we need. And we'll say, God, I need a message, or give me this message to preach, or I've got these Sunday school kids, and this is a lesson I'm teaching, you know, and we kind of mandate to God, this is what I have and this is what I need. But if you pay attention here, he says, and I have nothing to set before him. And I think it's very important that as God calls us, whether it's we're going out soul winning, whether we're doing our Sunday school class, bus calling, whatever, whatever it is, parents with children. I can't tell you how many times in my kids I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody's trained me for this part. But what God's teaching us here is, you know, we go to God and we say, God, I have nothing to set before them. Father, give me that I may feed them. And at the end there, you'll see, um, which verse? Uh, verse thir 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And what I'm, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, and I, and I pray that I pray that I'm doing it justice in the short period of time that we have. We have nothing to offer. We, we really don't. I mean, we, we like to think, yeah, you know, I've been in church my whole life. I, under, you know, I know these truths. I know this. But you know what? I don't know the heart of the person I'm trying to help. I don't know what my Sunday school class has gone through this week. I don't know what my children are dealing with in their heart right now. I don't know the fears. I don't know the worries. I don't know that. But you know what? We can go to God and say, God, I know you care about this. I have nothing to give them. I need you to give me what they need. And when we go to God with that, that's that humility that God's looking for because he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And when we can be honest with God, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you have a plan. I know you want to use me. Father, I pray that you make me usable. But give me what it is that your people need so that I can give it to him. And going through all of this, it was, uh, he, he said it. I mean, we went through everything that we were not really comfortable with, a, a death and going. This is the first time a member of the church passed away. 
the culture there is so different. You know, if we've, we're dealing with somebody here that's grieving, we, we understand a little better. There you don't know. Sitting down and meeting with a chief and asking to, to have permission to come onto his, his village to have a crusade. Again, that's something that we're just not equipped for. We, we've never done it before. But God just kept putting us in these positions to where you don't know what to do. <laughs> Trust me. And each and every time, he made it work out. Why? Because, Father, I have no bread to give. I need you to give to me so that I can give to your people. And that's what that trip was for me. But it also challenged me that when I'm in my comfort zone, whether it's with my Sunday school class or with my, my bus route or with my kids or whatever it is, to understand I have nothing to give. I might be comfortable in my own knowledge. I might be comfortable in my own strength. But I truly have nothing to give. And I need bread from him that I may help those around me. Um, but it's got to come from him or I'm laboring in vain. That's all I got to preach. Well, I wish everybody.